What's up, guys? Josh here from the Rising Action Podcast. In today's episode, Grayson and I talk about a story device that is found in many films and has been used to brilliant but sometimes cringy effect. It is the almighty MacGuffin, which for the record was something we had to refresh our understanding of during this episode. So enjoy the -the off-the-rails insanity that is this episode, and now I'm going to shut up and get into it with Grayson. There are markings. It's some form of Elvish. I can't read it. There are few who can. The language is that of Mordor, which I will not utter here. Mordor? In the common tongue, it says, One ring to rule them all. One ring to find them. One ring to bring them all. And in the darkness, bind them. Welcome back, everybody, to the Rising Action Podcast. I am one of your lovely hosts. I'm Josh. How are y'all doing? I'm here joined by Grayson. Hello. You don't I'm even Grayson. get you don't get a description. You're just Grayson. Hey, man. You know what? I am who I am. Nothing defines me except me. Somehow that made no sense, but I totally understood what you meant. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you always do. Yeah, so uh, real quick, we'll hop into some housekeeping items before we dive into the real reason you're listening to this episode. Uh, You can follow us on Instagram at risingaction underscore. Uh, I'm trying to post quite somewhat-ish frequently. And nailed it. Yeah, we just, we're recording this, I'll be totally honest with all of you. We're recording this the day after we recorded the last episode. And we're just going to post it later because I'm about to go on vacation. So we just did a... When you are listening to this, he will be at the beach, and I'll still be at home. I'll be chilling on the beach, sipping yeah. a margarita. With his, with his new car, but that's another thing. <laughs> no, that won't be there. It's, it's going to be chilling in the garage. Oh, never mind. That's whack. Yeah. Well, anyway. So, uh, <laughs> you can follow us on Instagram at risingaction underscore. You can follow me on the gram at joshjohnson98. You can follow me everywhere else at josh underscore j 98 don't even look for me on facebook because i'm not gonna answer twitter and letterbox is the 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 latter of for those because we plug our letterbox now because we're cool like that exactly we're we're cool we're hip and because there are no other social medias that we care about all the other ones uh vero uh my visco (laughs) (laughs) follow me on visco guys i post great pictures with really nice filters and yeah, it's yeah. No, I actually don't have a Visco or a Vero because I'm not. I don't even know what Vero dumb. is. It's what Zack Snyder uses to announce stuff. What uh, a dweeb. <laughs> I love Zack Snyder. <laughs> Shut up. Uh, uh, you can follow me at Shredster8 on Instagram, Twitter, and Letterboxd, and Facebook can suck it. <laughs> 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 we're also recording this very late at night so like well we did yesterday but for the record like we've both had pretty long days josh especially because of work so it's like this is definitely going to be a, a shorter episode um but but no less uh, packed with great goodies and g- awesomeness you're a you're a freaking <laughs> philosophical wizard what what a 
genius uh, sentence that you just spoke. (laughs) (laughs) Let's just, you know what? Why waste time? We haven't, we haven't, we haven't done anything in the past 24 hours since we recorded last episode. Yeah, we have not, we have not explored any new worlds. No, we haven't watched any movies. We haven't opened a single page of a book. I guarantee you Grayson hasn't. I know I haven't. (laughs) So... Let's just dive right into it. The real reason all of y'all are here, we're talking about MacGuffins. Yes. Uh, Well, what is a MacGuffin? Well, let me tell you what a MacGuffin is, a la Wikipedia. Let's be honest. I need a good refresher on the definition because it is really floozy. So, according to the Wikipedia, the free encyclopedia of the internet, in fiction, a MacGuffin, sometimes... McGuffin, not MacGuffin, is an object, device, or event that is necessary to the plot and the motivation of the characters, but insignificant, unimportant, and irrelevant in in itself. The term was originated by Angus McPhail for film, adopted by Alfred Alfred Hitchcock, and later extended to a similar device in other fiction. The MacGuffin technique is common in films, especially thrillers. Usually, the yes. MacGuffin is revealed in the first act, and thereafter it declines in importance. It can reappear at the climax of the story and may actually be forgotten by the end of the story. Multiple MacGuffins are sometimes derisively derisively identified as plot coupons. Derisively. It's like a negative connotation. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. I was people sometimes say that they're like contrived plot devices. Mm-hmm. And um, that's not necessarily true. I feel like it's like the auteur's Easter egg. Um, in that while an Easter egg, it's not like strictly the same thing as an Easter egg. It's just kind of like a little object that is representative of some things that are about to happen or some things that have happened. And if you're paying attention, you notice it. Now, some of them are super obvious, um, but there's a few. Uh, I feel like I feel like an Easter egg is something completely different than a MacGuffin. But that's just me. Like I thought, Isn't Easter it like egg is something, something like... that references something else, right? That's what you that's think. Like... That's what a MacGuffin is. No, that's what an Easter egg is. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. That's what like and an a Easter MacGuffin egg is, like is a, somewhat not... representative of something else. I mean. So a MacGuffin, to put it simply, is an item that helps move the plot forward. For example, the One Ring, or the Death Star plans in Star Wars, or the Ark of the Covenant in uh, Indiana Jones. Those are all MacGuffins because the, the plot centers around this one item. Did you not know that? So, okay. My favorite MacGuffin does not... I mean, okay, it kind of drives the plot forward. It fits in that thing. It's in the first act, and it's largely forgotten until the climax of the second. Okay. First of all, spit it out, and I am gonna. I, I want to know if this is actually a MacGuffin or if you're just high. It's the Scholar's Rock in Parasite. Okay, so I haven't watched Parasite. Oh, my gosh. Okay. <clears throat> Let me spell it out for you. Uh, so Spell it out for me or spoil it for me? No, I'm not going to spoil it. I'm just going to okay, I'm going to okay. describe the the rock and kind of like what it signifies. Okay. Um so the scholar's rock is a gift that this family is given. First off, before we even get into it, uh Parasite is a story about um mirrored families. Uh mm-hmm. one of them is poor and one of them is rich. So, uh this poor family, they are the main characters of the movie and they are given a rock 
by one of their friends and he's like here's this gift and they're like oh this is really cool because it's like a collector's item and once they get the rock good things start happening to them because the rock in from what i've read south korean culture is kind of like a a signifier of good fortune um but as with all things it is not always peachy and once they kind of like revel in their good fortune bad things start to happen and they kind of forget about the rock and like the things it signifies and Mm -hmm. it starts to go downhill a little bit yeah okay so it's it's not it's i feel like it's a MacGuffin, but it's not like a one ring MacGuffin. yeah yeah because like basically when i think of a MacGuffin, i'm like oh it's two people fighting over this one object right so for example like the one ring it's like you know they either they're trying to destroy it but people are warring over this one item and the entire plot is they need to get the ring to mount doom to destroy it with star wars it's like the death the death star plans or even r2d2 in general just like his whole thing because he's carrying it it's like the empire wants it back the rebels need it so that they can achieve something and it's basically this whole thing of like that propels the story forward um i feel like I feel like I haven't watched as many stories that deal with MacGuffins as of late. I feel like they were more, much more of a trope in, from a certain time period, but they're still prevalent in certain cases. I, so like I would say like Harry Potter, like almost every Harry Potter movie has some sort of MacGuffin yeah. uh, or, or, or book, I should say. The first one is like the Philosopher's Stone, although it's kind of in the shadows at first, and then it kind of it becomes the big thing at the end. The second one, the MacGuffin it, it is more of a place than anything, but it's the Chamber of Secrets. That's kind yeah. of like the big thing, and, and even Tom Riddle's diary, which yes. ends up being Tom Riddle's a diary. Yeah. So okay, I was about to ask you that. Do you feel like Horcruxes are MacGuffins for those yes. stories? Okay. Yeah, because because it's literally the entire story is like we must destroy this 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 and this to uh, to defeat Voldemort. Like it's literally them going on a massive scavenger hunt. Granted, it's it's a lot. It's not much like okay, we hit the, like there's a lot of complexities in the plot and they do it really well, so they don't make it like straight up in your face. But yeah, the Horcruxes are like some of the biggest MacGuffins. Like I think any big franchise that you can think of has some sort of MacGuffin. Um, I'm trying to think of like uh, comic book movies. Oh, duh, Infinity Stones for sure yes. are all MacGuffins. Yes. Literally, it's the exact same thing where it's like, oh, they're trying to get all this stuff. So, like, and even like Thor's axe is a MacGuffin where they're like, I need this axe so that I can beat Thanos. And it's yeah. like, um, and even his hammer in the first one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's like, oh, here's, I need, you know. Here's one you're like, going to really enjoy. Okay. Uh, there's a MacGuffin in The Nice Guys. And it is the pornographic film that they're trying to find the whole time. That has the evidence or whatever for it? Yeah. 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 Yeah, that's true, isn't it? So, like, okay, I feel like in talking about this, I'm starting to realize that there seem to be different types of MacGuffins. Right. Um, I think there's probably symbolic MacGuffins, which I feel like the rock and parasite is a little bit more symbolic than it is a traditional MacGuffin. And then there's other MacGuffins that are truly more like plot devices or Mm -hmm. at least things that 
<clears throat> like an object that the protagonist and the antagonist both de- desire. It's yeah. kind of like the thing standing in each other's way. Yeah. No, I mean, I think that's definitely true. Um, I'm trying to think of like more of the ones that are like kind of symbolic like that. Cause that one is like that you mentioned from parasite is a lot more symbolic in its nature. Um, but like all of the ones that I can think of are all like, um, I don't know. Like they, they're all plot devices in that sense. Um, I, it's weird, but like, I feel like I would have a hard time writing a story about, like that uses a MacGuffin like yeah because it's like you have to make it where it's like not just like this the story is about this item it's like you you want it to be about the characters you know and that just kind of be uh, something you don't want it to be like this thing that's like straight up in your face you know um yeah I've written a couple short films with MacGuffins in them but it wasn't ever intentional it was kind of like it was just an object that a character wanted yeah um like for example i wrote one short film about two bounty hunters and in this kind of like parallel frontier universe um there's a bounty on certain lakota warriors Mm -hmm. sioux warriors and so these bounty hunters um are hunting for lakota and they scalp them and take like a like an object off the body to like signify who it is that they've actually gotten and so the there was a MacGuffin and like there's a writ of like uh proven death of certain Lakota warriors and so they all carried it with them and they were kind of like trying to check um different warriors off their list and so like getting the check mark was sort of a MacGuffin and it's not like an object like the writ itself kind of was but it was like mm-hmm. the act of getting another check um, was sort of like a inadvertent MacGuffin-ish kind of thing going on yeah the, the more that I'm like thinking about it the more that I'm like oh wow there are a lot of a lot more guffin- MacGuffins than you like think there are like because I'm thinking of like video games and stuff that's like oh yeah like they're just like, I think any type of treasure hunting type movie or something like, you know, like National Treasure, Indiana Jones, or like games like uh, yeah. Uncharted and Tomb Raider almost always have a MacGuffin at their center yeah. because it's literally like like them trying to find this object so that one side can stop them from doing something or the other side is trying to achieve this goal. Um, and I think that's probably why people – like people have kind of backed down on it now. Um, yeah, especially I think, like, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. I, I was, I don't know. I was just thinking like, if I'm thinking of like the, the Marvel movies, I'm like, I feel like they're probably going to stop with the whole MacGuffin thing. Cause now that the infinity stones are kind of gone, mm-hmm. like they, they're going to end up, you know, they want to make the stories more um, plot related rather than it being centered around like a, an item. Um, yeah, I feel like MacGuffins have been, for lack of a better term, a plot device. Uh, and I think generally speaking, movies and books alike, TV shows as well, are moving away from traditional 
uh, story archetypes, and they're trying to yes. kind of like not reinvent the wheel, but find new ways to tell stories we've been telling for mm-hmm. you know ever. Yeah. Um, and I, so I think w- go ahead. They're they're kind of like taking traditional things like uh, like a traditional plot archetype, and they're trying to find new ways to do it. A MacGuffin is another one of those things that it's a traditional thing. Yeah. And they're they're trying to, and that's where I think Parasite is interesting because it's not a traditional MacGuffin. Um, it kind of fits the 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 definition of one, yeah, in parts, but it's not like a an object that uh, both the antagonist and protagonist desire. Mm-hmm. Um, it's truly metaphorical. It's kind of like a little thing. It's a little nugget that's like okay. You're about to see this, and if you know what this object means, you you get it. But if you don't, it's just an object to you. Yeah. Oh man, I forgot what I was about to say. It's like, I, I think one thing that that's one of, like you were saying is you know they're trying to kind of change the norm of a of a regular MacGuffin, and I think that's like. It says it says in the the definition that it's an object device or event, but I think now it can almost be like a, and maybe this is like the wrong term and I'm I'm coining it wrong, but um, it can also be a person or a place almost like yeah. that can be like the center. So like, so I you know, with the Last of Us on my mind, which Last of Us Part Two comes out tonight at midnight as I'm recording this, but I'm thinking of the first one and I'm also thinking of like Logan. And I'm like, really, those plots were the MacGuffins of those story were Ellie in The Last of Us, like, you know, Joel trying to get Ellie to a specific place. The same thing was with X-23. Yeah. uh, With Laura or whatever her name was. Uh, That was where Logan was trying to get her. Interesting. To to that place. And so it was like, okay. But But they, you know, obviously it's not just like, Logan would have played out totally different if it was just him taking an item to a place. Yeah. But he's taking a person that, but and so, but then he ends up getting attached to the person who is the MacGuffin. Which and what made just, it interesting is she's representative of Logan's character. They are yeah. parallel characters, and what's emphasized in that film is that she could become him mm-hmm. under similar circumstances that he has endured. Like they are mirrors of one another she's just a child and he is obviously old yeah um and in that sense it is a little bit uh metaphorical not symbolic but metaphorical um because if you would consider her a MacGuffin, um it's not the traditional uh it's not the traditional kind it's a little bit more gray rather than black and white like in uh pulp fiction uh, Tar- oh yeah, Tarantino puts a briefcase in that movie, and what's interesting with that is typically with the MacGuffin, you kind of like know all the aspects of it. Like you know, mm-hmm. if it's like the One Ring, for example, we know all the power that is contained in it. We know why Sauron wants it because with it he can dominate the world, and why yeah. everybody wants to destroy it because of that very reason. With the briefcase, we don't ever know what's inside of it. Yeah, in Pulp Fiction, and so <clears throat> that's kind of Tarantino's way of paying homage to the traditional MacGuffin, while not fully saying it's a MacGuffin. You know, yeah. like he he doesn't overdo it. He kind of like 
steps or he stops one step shy of going full-blown plot device with it and it's just this is an object that all of my main characters want but you're never gonna know what's inside you're gonna know like that they want it and you're gonna kind of know why they want it but you're never gonna know exactly what's inside of it i think that it's also very interesting because it's like it can tell you a lot about the characters too yes. in that sense when it's used like that like it it reflects like these characters are let's bad people that they are fighting over something that they have no idea what it is and they they don't care really what the lengths of it are yeah like we were talking about um you know as we're recording this so it, it, last week's episode but you know yesterday no country for old men mm-hmm. and and the money being like that he's trying to get that's also a big mcguffin like this guy's you know yeah. uh anton sugar is like trying to to kill that guy and get that money back um and uh and he's trying to hide it and get away yeah um and it's like you know that is a very that that's something like you know what it is but it's a very simple mcguffin or it's like it's literally money right and they are and so much chaos and destruction is being caused by and death is is being caused because they're trying to get this one item. And that tells a lot about the characters and like what they are willing to risk and, you know, what they're trying to achieve because of that. Um, and I mean, I guess that applies with like other ones too, but like they MacGuffins as plot devices can just have so many different variables. And now I'm like, I'm starting to appreciate them even more. I used to be just kind of like, eh, whatever. Like it's an item that just does a thing. And like, you know, but now you think about it, like it can reflect and tell a lot about certain groups of people or one specific person. Um, like, like for example, in, in star Wars, which I mean, I'm always going to reference, but in, you know, a new hope, like, uh, they, so Obi-Wan is trying to get, like, he needs to get R2, who has the Death Star plans, back to the Rebels. They meet up with Han. Mm-hmm. And, 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 you know, Luke tags on because he's like, I got to get out of this place. They meet up with Han and it's like, Han doesn't give a crap about that thing. He's just like, dude, I, whatever. Like, I'm here to just get you to this place and I'm out. Like, I don't I don't care about it. Uh, and, like, Leia cares very much about it because, like, they realize the stakes of what it could cause. And and, and it's, this like, the same thing with Indiana Jones. Um and I believe I saw something with Indiana Jones where it was like, so for many people, they don't know this. And I didn't figure this out until recently, but the first Indiana Jones movie in chronological order is actually the second. So I'm trying the, to remember the, which one is which based on the titles. So, it's, so, okay. So it's Raiders of the Lost Ark, right? Then the Temple of Doom, then, uh, uh, the Last Crusade, and then, then it's Crystal Skull. Crystal Skull. Yeah. So Temple of Doom actually is a prequel to Raiders of the Lost Ark because I believe it's set in like one is set in like 1930, and the other one's set in like 20, 1928. Okay. Uh, so, so then the Ark in Raiders of the Lost Ark would be a MacGuffin. Yeah, and, and what, what's strange is like you know, indie ha- it's people like to watch Temple of Doom first because in that movie, what he wants is a lot different. Like the way he treats these objects is a lot different. And so that's why he always says fortune and glory is, and that's like kind of his catchphrase in the second one. Like he's trying to stop it because not because he wants the Ark of a Covenant museum, but because it could literally like, it's going to stop. Like nobody should open this thing. Like it, it's, it's horrible for people. And he's not trying 
to, you know, achieve like uh, you know achieve he's not it trying for to his open own fortune Pandora's box per se. Yeah, yeah, he's doing it for a greater good. Yeah. Um. So. I don't know. That's just kind of like, I don't know what my overall, I guess just the whole point is just like, yeah, like depending on what, how you're writing a MacGuffin, it can really tell a lot about a lot of, uh, about various aspects and traits of a character. Yeah. Um, So piggybacking off of that, there's a theory in a Ted talk called the two plus two theory about uh, uh, writing your screenplays and the, Essentially, what this theory is, um, is that sometimes in movies, the director, writer, what have you, will just tell you four instead of telling you what two plus. They say instead of uh, giving you two plus two and letting you figure out that it means four, they give you four. They give you the answer. Um, And so with regard to MacGuffins. One thing that really great uh, writers will do is they will give you two plus two and let you figure out what it means. Mm -hmm. And so if you have a MacGuffin, and this is taking it a little bit out of its initial context, but if you have a MacGuffin um, and you just say, this is an object, it's very obvious what's going on here, it's tropey. If you have that going on, it's a little bit more difficult to really explore kind of like all the the many ways you can use it. But mm-hmm. piggybacking more off what you said about how it can influence character, one thing that MacGuffins can be used with really good effect is how characters respond to the MacGuffin's presence. Um, so, for example, if you have... Uh, the one ring, uh, as an example, you can mm-hmm. <clears throat> really explore Gandalf's character by how he interacts with the ring. And I think actually um, that's done pretty well is he's kind of standoffish with it, which is interesting because you would think him being the most powerful of the protagonist characters in that whole story arc, he would be the one that would be like, I'll take it. Yeah. But he's not. He lets somebody else deal with it. And so his interaction with the One Ring, it's it's interesting because it's like, well, why wouldn't he just go be like, I'll just go hop on a eagle and fly and drop it down Mountain Dune's little <laughs> little shoot thing and just let it burn. Like, he doesn't ever yeah. do that. He lets Frodo take it. Uh, and so that is, that's, that's not exactly like the whole 2 plus 2 thing. But kind of what I really want to take it is when the uh, the storyteller kind of like explores a character's different facets and really fills them out as a character, you're going to get different reactions based on different things. Using No Country for Old Men as an example, and this is not really about MacGuffins, but um, there's a moment where Anton Chigurh is looking for Llewellyn Moss, who's uh, played by Josh Brolin. He's the protagonist. He's looking for him, and he's asking this lady... And um, he says, where does he work? And she is the landlord at uh, Luella Moss's um, trailer park. And so he's asking her, where does he work? And she's like, I can't tell you. So Sugar starts off kind of like forceful. And he asks her, where does he work? She's like, I can't tell you that. More forceful. Where does he work? Can't tell you that. 
And then he goes even more forceful. He says, where does he work? She goes, I can't tell you that. I'm not licensed to tell you that. That's like, you're not going to get it. So then he, instead of like killing her, which is something that we've seen him do a bunch yeah. before this, he changes tact and he asks her more conversationally, more gently. Um, and again, she rebuffs him, but he respects her. And so he just kind of like leaves. And what's interesting there is instead of just saying this guy has a moral code, the author kind of like lets you see there's more there than what you would have initially thought. And so bringing it back to MacGuffins, if you allow your characters when interacting with this MacGuffin object to kind of like, if you use it as a way to explore their character, instead of just being a device to like, this needs to happen in the plot, so we're going to use this object to make it happen, like a, a magical spell or something. Instead of that happening and and using it to kind of explore how characters interact with it, you can use it better, and you can kind of explore the more nuanced facets of it. Yeah. Yeah, I I, I totally agree. Um, I, I'm thinking of... I'm trying to think of examples of, like, where they where they either i guess enhance a character or detract from a character not detract in the sense like makes a character worse but like in terms of like what it says about their character and so you so before this you were talking about your favorite macguffin being um or one of your favorites being you know the the rock from from parasite but you had said that and i immediately thought you were going to talk about uncut gems yeah because you because you said you said rock and i was and you said it was recent and i was like oh <laughs> uncut gems and he and you were like uh you were like no and i was like oh well but that certainly has an interesting MacGuffin because it's not like it's very sidelined like it is well i, I mean <laughs> It's actually it's not though because literally the open of the opening of the movie is like them finding this rock and then that being like okay how he gets this rock and now everybody wants it like it becomes such a uh, such a central point for the movie and it like it causes all these people to like basically like just start acting completely irrationally oh yeah um it's very much like the one ring in a way. Um, it's like a weird modern day one ring. Cause it's like, um, what, what was the basketball player in that? Kevin Garnett. Come on. Kevin, cut. I don't play. I'm, I'm, I, He's a hall I, of famer. I knew it was, I knew it was Kevin. I was like, I don't remember what his last name oh, was. Kevin geez. Garnett. Yeah. It's okay, Kevin Garnett. Sorry. Gotcha. Um, and he's like, he gets obsessed with this. Like he sees it and he's like, I want this. And he's like, yeah, well, you can't have it. And then like, and then it's like to the point where he like literally is going insane. Yeah. For this for this crystal. He plays that playoff game where he kind of like sort of quote unquote stole the gem. He plays that yeah. playoff game and he goes nuts. He goes absolutely berserk and like has one of the greatest playoff games of his life. And what's really cool is they kind of paralleled real life with this yeah, yeah. this fictional thing going on. And so they're like, Oh, we're explaining this great playoff game by he had the gem. But it's, it's really set cool. in like 2012, right? Something like that. Like I think it's set in like 2012. It's set in um, 2008. What? I think it's 2008. Nope, I'm proving you wrong. We're looking this up right now. Isn't it the year that the uh, Celtics won the finals? What year is Uncut Gems set? Well, I remember. 
2012. Wow. <laughs> yes. Oh, you got me there. Uh, yeah. It's it says the film takes place in 2012 in part because casting former uh, Celtics player Ke- player Kevin Garnett as a version of himself meant it would it would make sense to feature games from the Eastern Conference semifinals that year. Um. Also, I knew that because they were like, "Oh, the weekend is like up and coming," and I'm like, "Yeah, that was kind of when he was." That like, was bizarre. Dude. Yeah, that was a weird thing. <laughs> that, <laughs> that was like the weekend a... is in it, but he's not famous yet, and I was like, yeah. "What?" Yeah, it's so strange. He's like a huge like film buff though. But um, anyway, back to what I was saying. Um, I another thing, just to put it out plain and simple. Sometimes MacGuffins are just cool. Like they can just be really cool. Like to be like that. Like when you get a repl- replica of like a a famous item in a movie. Yeah. Like it's just kind of sick. Yeah. Like what about the like light when, in the lighthouse? I don't. Mm. Okay, hear me out. It is sell it to me. Okay. I feel like, and this is my personal interpretation, but I feel like the light is central to that movie because Willem Dafoe so desires it uh, that he goes loony like bathing himself in the light of the lighthouse and I feel like uh, Rob Pattinson's character kills him because he wants that like weird he has he almost has like a reaction like to like a drug or something like he yeah. wants that light to be in the light so bad that he kills Willem Dafoe and then, in really bizarre metaphorical fashion, the final shot of the movie is him um, having his guts ripped out by crows, or not crows, seagulls. And it's like symbolic of uh, of a Greek story about a guy who, mm-hmm. um, what is it? He like he does something with the gods, and he's punished by having his insides ripped out by. You would know birds. more about it than I would, because you freaking adore that movie. I do. Anyways. The light is something that both of them want, but it's so subtle. Yeah. I think even you would say, eh, I don't know if that's a MacGuffin. I mean, I think when you say it like that, yeah, it it very much could be. And I think there's w- wiggle room for it because it, it can be something very minor. And that's one that's like a thing that's like, it's, it's kind of in the background. Yeah. Whereas some of them are like blatantly in your face, like... Here is this entire thing. Let's tell you about it. All right, here's why we need to get this thing. Here's what these people, why they want it, and why we must stop them. Like, yeah, the lighthouse in that sense is not that way. It is know? not that at all. If anything, it is like a loose interpretation that can be argued. Yeah. But yeah. I feel like in the strict sense of it's an object that characters desire, um, I feel like it kind of fits the bill. Yeah. I think mostly I see it being a lot more in your face when it's in not to see this isn't like in a demeaning way, but movies that are more adventure or like adventure based and, and have a basically like um, they're, they're more for entertainment, I would say really. So like that's what we were saying. Star Wars, Harry Potter, Lord of the Rings. I was thinking of like national treasure, which I mentioned earlier. Like there's a couple <laughs> of MacGuffins in there. Yeah. Uh, there was another one oh, that I just... Oh, Ready Player One. Freaking tons of MacGuffins in that one. Yes. I mean, you've got multiple keys that have multiple gates. And he also, in the book, he gets this coin 
that allows him to revive himself, which is crucial to the thing because basically he dies. And this co- and they totally did not put this in the movie. At least I don't remember it. It's been a while since I've seen Ready Player One, the movie. But I remember in the book, he f- he goes to this level on a planet because the, the video game has like planets uh, for different worlds. And he goes to a planet that is a completely – it's an, entirely an arcade. Yeah. And he ends up like he does this challenge at one point where – he thinks it's one of the gates, but it's not. It's just this hidden Easter egg, and he gets this coin. He gets this quarter, and he's like, what the heck was that for? And then later on, he goes to this arcade world, and like he finds this broken Pac-Man machine, and it, he tries to put in a, like coins. Or he tries to activate it, and it just will not work. He tries plugging it in, and it just will not turn on, and so he's like, I wonder if this coin does anything like yeah. it, just all by chance. Cause like it's been like months since he's found like a key or a gate. And like, this is why sometimes the book, like the book is a lot better uh, in that regards, even though I enjoyed the movie. So he puts this coin in and it boots up and he's like, Holy crap. And the entire thing he basically has to get the highest score of Pac-Man in one run. Oh. Like, and, which is like, he's sitting there playing for like hours and he does it though like and he finally gets it and when he does it it gives him this orb thing and he has no idea what it does yeah and it, it, i i could be wrong on this it, it could have been one or two things i it may have given him t- two things the first one that maybe he gets the choice of like what he basically he can turn into a mech and like from any type of like fictional universe so he could like in the the in the book, he chooses Leopardon from this Japanese Spider-Man show, which Leopardon is basically like this just complete Megazord thing. Okay. In <laughs> yeah, in the movie, it's like Iron Giant, and which I love Iron Giant, but um, so, but I, either one way or another, he ends up getting this thing that allows him to basically revive himself. Because if you die in the game, like you're done, your entire thing is wiped. You don't die in real life, but like it's right. almost like but you've it's invested like you... so much time. Yeah. Right. And so, like, that's not a main MacGuffin, but then later on in the plot, when he basically, like, he gets killed, and they, like, he thinks he, he's lost, he's like, I have this thing that can bring me back to life. And that in itself is a MacGuffin. Even though that throughout the entire movie, they're chasing these keys to open gates to get other keys so that they can get to the world to get this, you know, this grand prize money from the the creator of uh, the Oasis. Yeah. Um. And, and I think that's what I to kind of. Uh, this is a shorter episode, so we probably like, can't dwell on it too much longer. But that's it's just kind of a trope that you saw a lot. I feel like in in seventies and eighties movies, yeah, um, and a lot of those like blockbusters and things like that. Yeah, I want to read. You still this. see them now, but I want to read yeah, this quote from Stephen Witte, <clears throat> um, and this is in the Alfred Hitchcock Encyclopedia where he kind of defines what the MacGuffin was at its beginning. Um, And he says, the MacGuffin is the thing that characters, specific or chiefly the antagonists, care about in a thriller and for which the audience does not give a damn. And I feel like that's really interesting because a lot of these main MacGuffins are something that the audience does care about. Yeah. It's something that's extremely important to the core of a story because without it um like without the one ring lord of the rings has literally wouldn't no have its backbone. name yeah like, like it's 
it is so integrally integrally important to yeah. the story that without it there is no story. Yeah. Um, and not to say that a MacGuffin shouldn't be super important to the story, but I feel like it should be more subtle. Um, yes. And I think a lot of our traditional MacGuffins that we see are not extremely subtle, which is why I think they're starting to fade out and why a lot of people say MacGuffins are bad. Yeah. Which I don't necessarily think is true. And I don't think they're bad. I just think they're over, they, they can be overused. Right. And, and this is a thing that I think everybody can say, and it, it starts to lose meaning at a certain point, but mm -hmm. when they're used subtly or when they're used well, with a certain kind of shade of homage, they can be really cool, like the briefcase in Pulp Fiction, where it's very obviously a MacGuffin, but it's kind of like a MacGuffin at its initial core, yeah. rather than a mnemonic plot device that, you know, absent of the story is just kind of like, now there's no story anymore. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm curious to see, like, what he means in that quote of, like, what... Because I don't know of many that are, like, ones that you, you just don't care about, you know? Yeah. Like, because especially in thrillers, I'm, I'm thinking, and I'm like, I mean, like... Because I feel like if you want a MacGuffin, like, we should care about it. Like, we should care about these characters either wanting this thing or trying to get this thing because it helps them achieve a goal. Yeah. So maybe, the, I don't know. What do I know? I, I mean, I, that's just my take on it, I guess. But like, it just seems, it doesn't seem quite right. Yeah. But I do think you, I do totally agree with you that like the more subtle they are, the better the story is because you don't really notice it. Yeah. Um, From the same article that the quote um, is in, and this is just kind of like a nice icing on the cake sort of thing, because what do we mm -hmm. actually know? It says, if an item is too unique or has a real function in the story other than to be pursued and owned, it ceases to be a MacGuffin. The One Ring from The Lord of the Rings doesn't qualify because it has unique and specific functions that are relevant to the plot. It acts as a supernatural corrupting influence, for example, and even has a will of its own. So, what do we know? Yeah, I think there's room for debate there. I would say so as well. I think at its core, the definition of a MacGuffin is a little bit gray. Yeah. And I don't think there's a central uh, kind of like standard idea of what a MacGuffin is. Mm -hmm. And so you'll have, you'll, you'll see stuff like that where it's like the one ring is not a MacGuffin. But if you look at a top 15 list of the greatest MacGuffins of all time, the one ring is on every single one of them. Yeah. Yeah, that's, I don't know. That's definitely interesting. Um, hmm. Food for thought, I guess. Food for thought. <laughs> MacGuffins might not be what you think they are. <laughs> yeah. Uh, MacGuffins are more convoluted than we initially thought, is basically the takeaway. Yeah. That we're we basically, like, oh, wow. we started this episode with me not knowing what a MacGuffin is, which is just great because we're going to talk for 45 minutes about a freaking MacGuffin. And I'm like, eh, here's a MacGuffin. And you're like, yeah, that's not a MacGuffin. Yeah. <laughs> and. You know, then we go on this long ramble, and then we wind up at the same spot we started, where what really is even a MacGuffin? 
Um, what would you describe? Yeah. What would you think your ideal MacGuffin is if you had to create a definition just off the cuff? What do you think the ideal MacGuffin is? Like in a pre-existing story or something that like just so uh, the issue I'm saying is the definition of MacGuffin is a little bit gray. If you were to create a definition for your ideal MacGuffin, what would it be? I I would say it's more or less just a uh, it's a plot device really, and and maybe that's too, I always thought MacGuffin was just a a clever nickname for a plot device basically. Yeah. But I would say it's a plot device that helps move the story forward, and it is most of the time inanimate. Like it, it is, it is something that it's like it allows the story to progress. Yeah. And if it is not utilized correctly, or you know, then the story will not progress. I guess is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Like, yeah. I I don't know. I I just I've always thought it of being just an object that's you know, integral to the plot and, um, and that the characters are, are seeking after. And maybe, so maybe it's deeper and more nuanced than that. Um, I, w- I, 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 I still think the one ring, it, despite, I mean the, you know, the, what that quote says is true. Like, yeah, it does influence the characters and stuff, but like, so does, so do the other MacGuffins, I feel like. You know, like yeah, and the the One Ring is central to the plot of Lord of the Rings, and so I feel yeah. like in that sense it does qualify. Yes, it does kind of have a personality and a supernatural quality of its own, but it is an object that is desired, especially by the antagonist. It's an mm-hmm. object that he wants to own. It's an object he desires, and so yeah, yes. And it's so weird because even in that article, that's exactly what they say a MacGuffin is. Yeah. And so the One Ring is a MacGuffin by that definition, but also it's not a MacGuffin in the sense that it kind of has a little bit more to it than just it's an object to be desired. Yeah. Because I think what they were trying to say is that like a MacGuffin is something that doesn't have powers, basically, or like doesn't have like, you know, traits that a lot. But I'm like, but see, we would say the uh, crystal like, skull is a MacGuffin, and that has yeah. supernatural qualities to it. It's not yeah, just it, a done, like, object. Yeah, exactly. I, I don't know. Yeah, I'm, I think we've decided we hard we hard disagree with those other people. Right. I think we've <laughs> decided that there is a really big gap in some definitions of MacGuffins. That there's a little bit of a gray area, and I think you kind of have to. It's up to interpretation. Yeah. Um, and it's up to like what you feel a MacGuffin is. And also the same thing is true for if you feel MacGuffins are even cool or not. Like I think some people see a MacGuffin and they're like, oh great, here we go again, MacGuffin. But other people are like, that's a really cool object that can be used to great effect to move forward a plot. Yeah. See, like for me, like you know, there's movies that I'm like, you know, Pulp Fiction, I'm like, I don't want, like, the, I mean, maybe it'd be cool for some people to have, like, the briefcase or whatever. For me, I'm like, whatever. Like, yeah. the, I don't want the the Death Star plans tape. Like, okay, whatever. Now, alternatively, I'm like, would I like to have some of the Horcruxes? Would I like to have the One Ring? Right. Heck yeah, I would. Right. Like, I'm like, because some of those are sick. I'm And, like, um, you have a whole lot of options with that stuff. Would I like to have, the, I, well, I don't know if I want the the Ark of the Covenant, but (laughs) (laughs) yeah, that one's like, eh, I can do without it. 
Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's biblical though, so that's 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 pretty neat. It is, though. In the context of Indiana Jones, I think I'd rather not. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think I'll, a hard pass on that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I feel like if you're listening to this, tweet at us or comment. Um, if we do end up doing a clip on this post uh, or for doing a post for this episode, letting us know what your favorite. Um, MacGuffins are and how you would define a MacGuffin based on what we've kind of laid out here because I think there's some I think people would have some different interesting takes and I'm curious what people think but um I am too I kind of want to go back and forth with some people and just kind of see how people feel about them yeah Um, I think there's a pretty large legion of people that feel like MacGuffins are dry and overdone and stupid yeah. But I also feel like there's a group of people that are like, okay, yes, maybe they are a little bit overused, but they're pretty cool filmmaking things, tropes, uh, yeah. devices that can be used to pretty cool effect. Yeah, I I think it's it's it all is on the uh, all up to the person and and what they think about them, I guess. But uh. Yeah, that's, As all, is all, that's all I got to say. It's all in the eye of the beholder. <laughs> yeah. Nothing I mean, that, that, is concrete. Everything is abstract. All right, we need to wrap this up. <laughs> Josh <laughs> is losing his mind. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Weird on With me. that, uh, make like a tree and get out of here. No, it's make like do. a bald man and get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you keep that in. Okay, goodbye.